Welcome. My name is Emma Bliss. I am the president of Remember the Girls, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for carriers and female patients of X-linked disorders, a group often overlooked by the medical profession. As a disclaimer, this podcast series features sensitive topics. Understand that the opinions and topics do not express or represent the organization's personal feelings on any matter, but are here to solely share the guest speaker's journey and life experiences. These opinions and stories are theirs and theirs alone. Nicole Hunter is a 30-year-old woman from Virginia who was affected with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. She first became pregnant September 2020 and with no known family history of genetic diseases, it was a shock when it was discovered she was a carrier for DMD at routine genetic testing done at 12 weeks prenatally. At the same time, she found out she was also having a baby boy. Nicole proceeded to meet with a genetic counselor and made the decision to have an amniocentesis at 16 weeks to see if her child was affected with DMD. She got the results back at 21 weeks and she learned her baby boy was affected with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Nicole and her family decided the right choice for them was a TFMR. Two days later, in February 2021, she had the procedure done at 22 weeks pregnant. She is currently in the midst of her IVF journey in hopes of having a child unaffected by the condition. This is her story. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Nicole. Um, I know this is a sensitive topic, um, but I'd love for you to just jump right in and share your story of terminating a pregnancy for a medical reasoning. Just jump right in and share um, whatever you're comfortable sharing with us. Perfect. That sounds good. Um, so we'll start at the beginning. Um, I first became pregnant in September of 2020. Um, this was my first pregnancy. I had never been pregnant before. Um, me and my husband decided it was time. So we went for it. Um, and the pregnancy started out normal, no bumps or anything, totally as expected. Um, and then during my first ultrasound appointment, which I think was at like um, eight weeks or so, my OB had suggested that we could do genetic testing. And at that time I didn't really know anything about it. Um, so I decided that I was going to do a little research before I agreed to it, just so I could understand and also how much it was going to cost. My insurance didn't cover it at the time. So I just wanted to know all about it. Um, so we had looked into it, me and my husband, um, we didn't have any genetic markers or anything on either end of our families. So we just figured, you know, we could do it, but we didn't really think about what it would mean at the time. Um, Then I went back for another appointment around 12 weeks. And at that time we decided that I was going to do the genetic testing. Um, So they went ahead, did a blood sample. Um, It was seemed pretty simple, straightforward. Um, Had that done, like I said, about 12 weeks into the pregnancy, and then the results came back. I think it was a couple of weeks after that and found out I was a carrier for something called Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, which I had never heard of. I mean, I knew kind of what muscular dystrophy was, but I didn't know what it meant to be a carrier, Mm -hmm. how that could affect a pregnancy. So of course you do a deep dive into Google and you find out what it means and what it could mean for a baby. Um, 
And at that time, my OB had referred us to a genetic counselor, which I also had never met with one before. So I thought that was, um, didn't really know what to expect on my first appointment with the genetic counselor, but they just kind of asked a lot of background question about our families and um, any health, significant health histories on either side um, for me and my husband. And then, you know, upon learning more about Duchenne's or DMD is what a lot of people call it. Um, we kind of learned that in pregnancies, the mom is typically the carrier that passes that down to a child and girls can be, have a 50% chance of being a carrier and boys have a 50% chance of actually being affected. And with this particular disease, it's a progressive muscle disease. It kind of weakens all of the muscles and the lifespan is really short for a child, um, you know, could, could be up to 30, but a lot of times is, is a lot less than that. Um, so we started thinking about what that would mean for our child. Um, we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl at, a at that time. Um, so we <clears throat> decided, you know, about after talking with the genetic counselor that um, we were going to go ahead and have an amniocentesis done. Um, I was already too far along past for a CVS, which I also didn't know any of these terms before mm -hmm. yeah. this started. So um, had a big learning curve there, but um eventually we you know in between that time we found out that we were having a boy so we knew that he was either going to be affected or not affected and I think me and my husband had sort of talked about you know what it would mean if he was affected and you know we had to think about in terms of our financial resources our emotional resources you know what that would mean for our family in the future um so we we started talking about you know if he was affected would we pursue termination, we, we were given that as an option. Um, and I was also at this point pretty far along into the pregnancy, it was already 16 weeks. Um, so we had the amniocentesis done, they did tell us it would take, you know, could take up to four weeks to have the results back. And um, we knew what that would mean for us, you know, that already be almost 20 weeks into the pregnancy. And, you know, that time was also a factor with the laws in our state. And, um, you know, our, our OB had talked to us about that, about, you know, it's finding a provider that would be comfortable performing a termination at that late stage, which we understood. Um, so, you know, I think the wait was the longest time for us to get those results back, those four weeks, which actually ended up turning into five weeks. Yeah, um, the, yeah it's a really long time to just be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. So um, we did get those results back. I was 21 weeks pregnant and found out that he was affected. So um, I don't think we really had discussed it much further other than we, me and my husband both agreed that we were going to terminate for the medical reason. Um, we just couldn't consider bringing a child into this world, knowing that we were setting him up for a life of pain and ourselves up for, you know, a lot of strain on our marriage and strain on our family. So we, we knew that was the best decision for us. Mm -hmm. So I, um, went in and had a DNE procedure done, which was done at 22 weeks pregnancy. It was a two day procedure. Um, I remember, don't remember a whole lot from that time. Um, they did have me on a lot of medications, um, uh, both to help with pain and with the emotional aspect of it. So I don't remember a whole lot about it, but, um, I do remember it just being a really difficult time and, um, you know, just having to think about, what that would mean for the next steps. But um, 
I don't remember much. I, it was a surgery. The, the procedure was on day two of surgery. Um, so I was under for that procedure under anesthesia and then just kind of went home after that. So you found out you were a carrier first. Is, is, do they test for Duchenne in standard prenatal genetic testing? Like how did they know to, to look for it if you have no family history? So to my knowledge, the testing that we had done, the genetic testing tested for over a hundred conditions okay. and that was one of them. So we, we didn't know every single one that they were testing. It's an extensive list, like I said, over a hundred. Um, and that happened to be one that mm-hmm. was tested and I came back as a carrier for. But did you ask for the test to be done? I guess, I guess my confusion is really, I feel like in standard genetic testing, there is no standard. So it's like right. some people get all these tests and some don't. So they gave, they offered it to you and you didn't ask for it. Correct. They Correct. My OB, my OB had explained to me that they, they had genetic testing. Um, you know, it wasn't a requirement or anything we had to do. You know, it was just something that we could do, um, you know, and she knew our OB knew that we didn't have any significant family history, but after doing some research, you know, I felt like, why not? You know, if if there was something wrong or something that could be wrong with me to know during pregnancy or wrong with the baby that I would Mm -hmm. want to know. So that was really for me why I decided to go ahead and, and. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's amazing. I think honestly, that should be more standard for everybody across the board. I think there is a huge disconnect in that sense where like, I mean, again, like obviously it's not every, you're not testing for every condition, but like, why isn't everybody offered this carrier testing? I mean, I'm sure it has to do with finances and insurance and all these factors, but like, I mean, even myself, I've had four pregnancies. I've never had any of that testing done and Mm -hmm. I'm a carrier for a condition and a known carrier. So it's like, why aren't we offering this to everybody? It's a rhetorical question. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like also not even just offering it in pregnancy, but before that, I've been going to an OBJYN for 10 years before I yeah. got pregnant. Like, why is this the first time I've yeah. ever been told that this exists or offered or even thought about it? Yeah. I have hope as genetic testing grows and becomes more standard and more, um, less expensive that it will become more available. Yeah. And that's, but. that's the other thing. It's not accessible to everybody. You have to be able to pay for it too right now. And that's really yeah. hard. Um, so I have a few questions for you. Um, so what would you say was the hardest part of this entire experience for you? I think for me, the two things I would say, one was just the waiting, waiting mm-hmm. so long for results. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, time, five weeks, it's a really, really long time. And like, you know, you're, you're halfway through a pregnancy at that point. So it's like, you can't even enjoy the pregnancy because you just have this cloud over your head. Like, you know, you don't know what is coming. So I think that was the hardest part one. And then the second hardest thing for me was just like the isolation and the loneliness. Like you, at the time you feel like you are the only person in the world that has gone through something like this. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until after that I discovered, you know, all the support online and social media of, you know, women who, who have been through this and are willing to tell their stories um, because there is a big stigma too, about, you know, making this decision that a lot of people, you know, might not agree or support it. Um, you know, what does that mean for you? So I think that was the other really hard thing was just feeling really alone. Yeah. Did you have anyone that disagreed with your choice? uh, We did not. 
No, we were really fortunate. Our families both supported our decision, um, you know, and I think religion also comes into this play too. You know, we both come from families who have belief in, in Catholicism and that, you know, we were afraid that that could have been misconstrued as to, you know, their beliefs. But no, we are really lucky that everyone around us pretty much supported our decision. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. And, and did, is that where you got most of your support from um, your friends, your family online? Um, did you then dive into the Duchenne community online? And I know it is a big, there is a big community for Duchenne. There is. Yeah. I mean, I had discovered some online support um, a little bit during that time, but I think mostly after the procedure was done, I found a lot more support, but mm-hmm. during it, yes, our family and friends were really our biggest support. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to know what your thoughts are on the current abortion rhetoric in the United States, um, and how we can work to improve the understanding and smash those stigmas that surround termination that you talked about. Yeah, I think, I think what's going on right now is, is utterly ridiculous. Like how, how could we be having this conversation so many years later? But I think a lot of people don't always understand, like, who are the women getting abortions? What does this demographic look like? Like, I think a lot of times abortion is just associated with an unwanted pregnancy. And that obviously is not the case for a lot of us. Um, you know, I think that we really need to educate our you know, leaders and, and really help others understand you know, what this means. And you know, taking away access to abortion is really just taking away access to safe abortion because it will still be done. People will still find a way, but yeah. you know, we shouldn't be forced to make this choice. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and I think sharing our stories here is another platform to do so because I think we don't talk about it enough. Um, m- most people know somebody that's been through this, right? To, yeah. to some degree. And it's like, we just don't know. There's a lot of shame and guilt and feelings that go around it. And I love how you are so open and honest about it because it doesn't have to be that way. Like, yes, it'll always, it will never be a happy moment in your life necessarily, but it doesn't have to be out of guilt and shame. And instead it could be because you love that baby and wanted that baby. And I think that's what people need to really understand too, is that it's not like, I always say all the time that I, I do sometimes feel guilty that I don't feel guilty that I made this decision that was for my family and for this child, for this baby. I, I, I think that, you know, you make the best decision that you can at the time and it doesn't, it's not necessarily a happy moment, but it doesn't have to be surrounded by guilt and shame all the time. Yeah, um, I totally agree with you. So what would you tell a pregnant person struggling with termination or the decision to terminate for a medical reason if they are a carrier of a rare disorder like yourself? I think I would tell someone to just really look at all the facts, um, you know, what you have in front of you, and then to really weigh out, you know, not just now, what does your life look like, but what will it look like in 20 years? Mm -hmm. Who will be there to take care of that baby if if you get sick or if you are not able to, you know, what does it mean for your financial life? What does it mean for your marriage or, or your relationship with your partner? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really just important to kind of consider all the factors when you're absolutely. thinking about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is relatively uh, recent that this all happened for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts on family planning moving forward for yourself? 
Yes, we actually do. Um, me and my husband are in the middle of pursuing IVF, which is in vitro fertilization, um, of course. And that is the way that we can kind of be able to test the embryos ahead of time for the Duchennes and make sure that they are, you know, as, as free from that disease as possible. You know, the technology and research and science is still kind of new mm -hmm. in this area. So, you know, it's, it is a little bit of fear around it, but it's, you know, for us, it's the best option that we could think of, you know, for us to kind of move forward with. Absolutely. Yeah. I, we actually have a lot of women in our community that are either pursuing IVF or doing IVF with PGD testing. And it's incredible. Um, it, the science is just amazing. And it's just so emerging right now. Like it's just amazing. I, again, it is kind of unfortunate that it does differ depending on where you live and what state. And there's so many differing factors for cost and what's covered. I hope one day that that changes as well, but um, it's still really cool, the science and that what they can do yeah. now. Um, so to wrap up this interview, um, I'd love for you to finish this sentence. My termination experience was. I would say my termination experience was emotional, but overall the best choice for me and my family. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing your story with us.